What's going on, listeners? This is your host, Brother X. And before we get started with today's episode, I just want to let you know about uh, this wonderful platform called Anchor. It is one of the number one free uh, podcasting platforms that allows you to both not only record, edit, and design your podcast to your needs, where you're able to push out and distribute your podcast to all your listeners across all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, they are connected to it, and they're a wonderful platform. It's totally free. You can check them out at anchor.fm. And with that being said, guys, let's get into this. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and bust and segment. They lead you into the green veld where... Can run forever, 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 forever. And welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast. It's your favorite Fed's favorite Fed and sound engineer, Mr. Smith. Uh, no crazy sound bites today. You know, um, at the time that you're hearing this, it is the day after Thanksgiving. So hopefully you're able to spend time with your family, enjoy time with loved ones, uh, and get some of that good food, man. You know, hopefully that mac and cheese was hitting. Hopefully whoever was the person in charge of it put their foot in it because you don't want the matriarchs and aunties having a meeting in the back room talking about, baby, who made this mac and cheese? Okay, we're going to have to have a conversation with them. You don't experiment. No, we, you got family recipe. You got to do pitches. Uh, word to soul food. Uh, but anywho, this is part two of our uh, Wakanda Forever conversation regarding the movie. Uh, and in this one, we're talking more about the representation of the Mayan culture, as well as a deep dive into how this movie showed the power of black people and moving on in times of grief and trauma, as well as guilt. And we also will pay tribute to late great Chadwick Boseman. And um, it's kind of fitting that this is around the time of Thanksgiving, giving thanks. Uh, you know, he, we, here we at the Truth and Transparency podcast are thankful for life. You know, we're thankful uh, just to be able to continue to do what we were put on this earth to do. Uh, you know, certain people, we lost a lot of people this year, man. And uh, a couple of them that stand out that we'll hopefully be able to talk about in a later episode. Uh, Jason David Frank Um, If you know him Trust me If you've ever watched the Power Rangers Which I'm sure all of you that listen to us have He was the Power Ranger He was the Green Ranger He was the White Ranger This man was playing a freaking flute for a knife and his and his Zord would come out. It he was the coolest one ever, man. And it just sucks to hear uh of his passing. As well as R.I.P. to Shanquella Robinson. Um uh, she's a lady that unfortunately lost her life while vacationing in Cabo San Lucas and their suspected foul play from her so called friends uh who said that she was dying from alcohol poisoning or was or was Sick of alcohol poisoning when the autopsy showed a broken neck and uh, physical damage to her body. So, um, won't dive too far into that, but just know we just want to send our condolences out and want to make sure that we will probably touch on it in a future episode. But uh, outside of that, man, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of Wakanda Forever. R.I.P. Javid Bozeman. But, um, yeah, so. 
as we we listen to this, we can go on and on about okay. all, the, all the highlights, favorite parts. But I do want to have this part of the discussion, and maybe we're going to, depending on how big the file is, we'll, we'll break it up if need be. But um, talking about the perspective and representation from the Mayan culture, I know that Carolina, we have you on as our resident expert. So um, as someone who came into this movie, I know for us, we kind of all watched uh, the first Black Panther as and observing and trying to look at it with the with the side eye at first, like how well are they going to do African or African-American representation in the first movie? And for the most part, I would say people who I've spoken to say that they did a really great job and they very, it was very true. They had the right representation, the dialect, some of the accents, we're not, we're not gonna worry about that. Forrest Wicker, we're looking at you. Although your eye was straight in that movie, which is phenomenal. But- acting he's done. <laughs> yes, but honestly, I wanted to give you like some space to kind of talk about your perspective from seeing the second movie as well as like how you feel the representation was done in the movie. Um, I think they did a phenomenal job. And not only do I think that, like, I know they did because I'm like a big behind the scenes person. So I know that they had an actual uh, Mayan speaker that was on there that helped um, teach everybody that was on the crew um, how to speak Mayan, like the, um, and I, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't know any Mayan, but the um, Tulacan language um, is very close to the Yucatan Mayan language. There are many dialects of Mayan and my family is from that region of Mexico. Um, so I've heard it before, but I don't know how to speak it. And that's something that, you know, I hope one day I have time to learn um, some of the native languages of my land. But I think that they did beautiful. I think like the feather dress, I definitely saw like a mix of the Aztec Mayan influences um, in there, uh, especially like the serpent God thing. That's, a, that's more of like an Aztec thing than it is a Mayan thing. And what I really um, think that people outside of Mexican culture don't appreciate, but that I loved is like, if anyone would be smart enough to also be able to um, harness the powers of vibranium, it would be the Mayans. Like they were like the Aztecs, they were, you know, just war people. They were like chopping everybody's head off. They were like war, war, war. All the Olmecas, they were like builders. But the Mayans, you know, they had a beautiful calendar their, um, and their understanding of astronomy and math was so advanced, um, arguably on par with like Egyptians and um, other people of their time and not even has not even been duplicated until recently, like the Mayan calendar. So I think that that was a cool thing. Like if any of our Mexican like native cultures were to be smart enough to actually get this vibranium thing mm -hmm. to work it would have definitely been the Mayans so I felt really great about that I think the only kind of thing and I've, I've told y'all this is mm -hmm. I hate how like we got pitted against each other like the Latino people and the Wakanda people like I wish we would have had Neymar would have had his own movie um but that was that's my only gripe with this is it was really hard for me personally as a fan of Marvel as a fan of Black Panther to like watch this movie and I was like at times I'm like I don't know who who am I rooting for like you know <laughs> like, yeah. just like oh my god like and then yeah when when Neymar killed the queen I was like oh dude you could have made an <laughs> argument that you wasn't a bad guy <laughs> until that very moment that you <laughs> killed the queen like oh we can't yeah I killed the queen but uh, we can still be cool right right like, like a lot of people really gonna be like, like I mean, you have this bracelet, but I, I killed said, your mother. So well, that's like, what I mean. the train, right? Yeah, we're, we're cool. I, I, I proved my point. We're, we, let's no beef. Yeah, um, listen to this small alert. Uh, there was beef. Um, Sherry was like, oh, oh, this is what type of energy we on. 
Have you better find out. Shayla's a big man. Oh, yeah, very much. I mean, so. respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think to speak to the piece, because I wanted to have this conversation as well, is that I think someone on the podcast that I was listening to explain it, they were very happy. And I kind of even too is that they didn't make what could have been a very easy mistake of instead of it making it what it was with the Wakandans versus Total Khan, was they could have made it. Oh, they're fighting, but then they realize, oh, it's the U.S. government coming to be the big bad, and now they're teaming up to build to fight with each other. That, Most people would expect that, but I think that is good because when you really think about it at its core, Black Panther as a character, within his title and his role, there's always a political aspect of it. So you have to understand that his actions are never just his own. Their actions are never just their own. They always going to have these conflicts. And looking in the comics. For listeners who don't know, if you don't do a deep dive, Namor and um, Black Panther have beef since forever. Like they, it's been on, it's been on site energy like Tom and Jerry for a long time. And the whole scene where they flooded Wakanda, yeah, he did that in the comics in another um, series that was like X Men versus uh, the Avengers. But that's a to- story for another day. Yeah, go ahead. No, the only thing I want to comment on that, also knowing a little bit of of the comic context, is like the comic context was it was Atlantis. And it was this Greek culture, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my beef with this: is you didn't have to insert Latino people into this. Don't get me wrong; we want we want the representation. I right. think, like, I'm gonna double down. Like, I think the representation was beautiful. Like, I'm right. so happy. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing the clam hand signal all day, every day for the rest of my life. But it's like, damn, can y'all just like, if you were gonna, you know, try to like, you know, make it a little bit more diverse in the Marvel universe, can y'all have like inserted us into a story where we were not the bad guy against the only real big representation for black people it's like and i just feel like that to me it's like it's this thing that like i mean it speaks to a real life issue where yeah, there is within yeah go ahead go ahead no i agree with i, I think it, it, it speaks to like the conflict within um the culture of the, uh, people of color where there's a lot of infighting because not only is it we're trying to all make it in this land that we were brought to that right here illegally and not of our own volition but then we're also being pitted against each other in so many different ways because the uh, translate slave trade and all those things of that nature that it becomes, I hate this term, crabs in a barrel. Because people talking about like, oh, they use that to kind of explain like why minorities can't get, um, pull themselves up by the bootstraps. But when people really realize crabs natural habitat aren't barrels. So why are we being put in these barrels? Because you're trying to cause us to fight and to put each other down so it's easier to maintain. I'm not trying to get on any soapbox or try to get into too much, like all that stuff. But you have to understand this concept is something that has happened throughout history. Although that is frustrating that it's happening in this movement, we're getting representation. You also recognize that this also plays in a very real world application because part of what I think makes Black Panther so strong, and this will probably lead into one of the other points, is that it tackles real world issues. Because when you look at the first movie with Killmonger, that the first villain, he had justifiable reasons for why he wanted to do what he did. He shall be in. And whether or not you agree with how he went about it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's very real people who would do that. Because mm-hmm. obviously, there are people who feel a certain type of way the way the world is right now. And if they recognize that this particular country has the means to do that, and you have the opportunity to pull on them to be able to do that, and they're not doing that, you're going to look at them crazy first. So it's kind of like you you want the representation, you want it in a certain way, but I think that in order to tell genuine stories, sometimes you have to put it that way. And I do think because they introduce him, I do feel like he's going to be, they can't 
well, I can't say it's Marvel. They might. But I think that having that representation there moving forward is going to allow for more diverse conversations because I like, even though you're talking about, oh, he's just trying to protect his people, his initial point was because he realized he came back up from the water to bury his mother. He came up and saw um, the Spanish slave trade. I forget the terminology. Mm-hmm. But even then, he recognized that's where his disdain for the upper world or the surface world came from. And if you think about it, think about it if it was a black person who came and saw that came to America and saw that tra- slave trade, you would think a black man would be the same way. So it's just kind of like you, it's it's like all these different parallels. So I'm thinking it makes it really good storytelling that makes you feel conflicted. It makes you feel something at the end of the day. I'm excited. Sorry, I'm excited, I'm excited to see the direction that they choose to go yeah because like we already have like a little bit toward the end of the, like the end when he's talking to Nomura. yeah which we're gonna get to that because my man what he is I mean, a silver tongue devil yeah. he is a silver tongue devil the way he was talking to old girl i think that was a good i felt like unfortunately it's still pitting us against each other but like at least to the point where i'm glad they didn't use this movie mm. to go against the united states right. or the big world because really it was an introduction right i feel it so would have it would have been a cop out it would have been a cop out to do that it would have been a cop out to kill him it would have been anything right. less than nothing so they had to do something right they had to find that spot that was it i'm about to say and fortunately at the end of the day i'm about to say the, the thing is, unfortunately, at the end of the day, you realize it's still on the title of the movie. It still says Black Panther. So it's very hard for me to see them, especially with them trying to honor Chadwick, to have the Wakandans lose this, whether it's because of plot, which happens in comics all the time. Unfortunately, someone was going to just struggle with that conflict. So I want to give Carolina a chance to say any other piece you wanted to say, or final words on that piece before we move on. I do want to say the one thing that I love about this, this movie had to do so many things. We'll talk about it more later with the loss of Chadwick and just, it had to do so many more things than a normal movie has to do. And I get that. And then I think like adding on the representation of, um, especially like Mexican culture, Mexican Mayan culture, it's just like, you're adding, it's like your, your plate is full and then you're adding more to it. You're like, oh, just let's just keep it moving. But it, it also adds like a dynamic part and makes the story more interesting, which I completely agree with you on. And I will say, like, I think that this was a brilliant movie because it did make me feel all kinds of things. I think at the end of the day, a movie that can make me feel so conflicted, like I was literally there in the chair at the movie theater. I was like, just, you know, like gripping my hand a little time. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know who I was rooting for. And it's been making me think for the last few days. And that is, in my opinion, a phenomenal movie. The ones that you walk away from and you're just still thinking for days after that. So I will say that was great. On the other hand, I will say Disney, you know, Kevin Feige, if you're, no offense, Kevin, if you listen to this, but y'all have some smart ass people over there. Y'all could have come up with a different way to make it so that we could be friends. <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm about to say, I'm about to say, we all know at the end of the day, Disney going Disney. So that's a whole nother discussion for another day. Um, mm-hmm. I think we got to get to the, we've had a lot of joyous moments, but I do think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this aspect of the movie, which is talking about, I guess the best way, and I thank uh, Mr. Smith for this, is talking about like the strength to move forward, huh. which I think is one of the biggest themes in the movie. So for listeners, we've kind of jumped around with the movie, but to give you a very bare bones timeline on things, just because we're kind of stretching things a little bit, 
the whole movie is a grieving process. The whole movie starts off with the Shuri, like, is it the love letter to Chadwick? Right. So that's the new title. So for whatever the case may be, it was that it starts off no music, no like easing away into it. You literally come in. Shuri is trying to create another heart shaped herb, and she's trying to do that while trying to keep uh, touch on Chadwick or T'Challa's vitals, and she's getting updates from her AI. And it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. And initially, you know, and for anybody that has lost someone and that you are in the midst of trying to process it, trying to hold on, trying to keep faith, trying to keep yourself together. When Queen Mother, Queen Rwanda comes into the laboratory where Shuri is, and you just see it in her face. And shout out to the monster, the icon herself, Angela Bassett. She emoted an entire conversation of what happened to Shuri. And the point that I love that they did, and I'll let you go into second coach scientist, is that even when Shuri has a recognition, she allows for Shuri to not, she still doesn't say anything. She never says anything in that scene to tell her Shuri what happened. Shuri asked her AI, what is my brother's vital signs? Uh, and he said, it's like, there's none. And Marvel, you, uh, you literally go from that cut. Boom. Uh, Marvel fanfare. You see all the cuts of T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman. You just see all the scenes from the first movie. And you're just like, it's, it's like that? Powerful. It's like that? Like, I don't get, I don't ease my way into it. Like, I don't get like some introductory songs or like a little bit of like, okay, he's heard all that. Just leave, bam. You know how normally they have the music going. Oh, yeah, no, it's pitch silent. Pitch silent. It was all him. Mr. Smith. Dog. I, I'm, I'm still getting like goosebumps just thinking about it. Cause I just remember me and Teacher Bay went to go watch the movie. And of course, you know, all the all the little ads, previews, whatever. And then, you know, it has a little eye. Right, the movie's about to start. And like you just said, there's no music, there's no nothing. It's just quiet. And then all of a sudden, it's just, we just vital signs. What is it? I'm like, oh, so we we don't even get a credit scene. We literally just go right into it. And and like you said, shout out to Angela Bassett. L- listen, listen, Academy, Academy. If she don't get a fucking Oscar, make it right. Make it right. <laughs> fucking right. We all we can vote. Can we vote? We vote. <laughs> what, what can we vote in? If, if we'll she, find some. Maybe it's a BAT award. You never know. Listen, listen. <laughs> mother needs. Mother needs. An Oscar, an Academy, all the awards, all of them. I'm done. Sorry. Go ahead. You know, from 911. <laughs> uh, but the fact that, like, that whole emotion, right, of, of that scene, or, or even when we talked about, like, you, uh, when we brought up earlier, the favorite part, the, the exchange between Queen Mother and Okoye, and the fact that she was like, oh, your husband, you can see whenever you want. I've lost everybody. I, I felt that. I was like, ooh, ooh. Yep. But she's not wrong. I feel it. Like, I want to, according to you, my homegirl, but she's technically not wrong. That, uh, yeah. that, that black strength of her saying, look, I know this sucks, but I have to do this. Mm-hmm. It goes into like the whole th- press of the movie. That, uh, uh, and, and, and Marvel, like, like Brother X said, that whole. Oh, that Marvel Studio presents. Mm, I was not prepared. No. I was not prepared for they, that. They knew what exactly what they were doing. Uh, Kelsey, go ahead. Um, all right. Since we're talking about honoring Chad, I, I have to. I have to bring it up. 
Um, the very second Nikia walks that kid out at the end, before mm. they said anything, I knew it. before I knew they it. said anything, I huddled uh, already. I didn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, oh, I knew. Yeah. Oh, and then oh. I haven't watched it a second time yet. But when you do, apparently you see the kid um, talking to uh, Ramonda when Ramonda visits Nakia in Haiti. Yeah, he's one of the kids at the school. I'm like, and then you just, you realize that that's what Ramonda wanted to tell Sherry before they were interrupted by Namor earlier in the movie too. Like that they did so well with that. Um, Him having a Haitian name and a Wakanda name, like, so it was cute. oh because well, I, I, I feel understand. like you may be saying the same you may be thinking the same thing i'm thinking go ahead carolina is it about the name it's the name but it's also one of the key piece about lupita as well okay well you go, you go so mine is like a very key thing so i can't 100 confirm this but from what i've been told lupita is actually born was born in mexico oh yeah she's yeah. so that's what i'm like so for them to do that and you talk about haitian and you talk about like south american all that stuff like it's such a good nod. Like, Ryan Coogler did the fucking damn thing. Like, his ability to, his mind to wrap all this into a cohesive thing is phenomenal. For him to choose of all those countries for him to pick, to put her, to put her in Haiti, to put her in that environment, to make it seem like, oh, it makes all this sense in the world that you would hide a dark-skinned woman in a Haitian country, in a whole other environment that's completely removed from Africa, and for her to be able to raise her son, and no one would ever question a thing. Hey, have we been pronouncing Haley wrong? I've heard that. I've heard that. It is. I've heard it's pronounced differently. I'm sorry. I just made listeners. I just made a face at Carolina because she said it just like how they said it in the movie, and I was just like, "Well, I haven't been saying it like." Well, that. in Spanish, is idea. I don't know what it is in the Creole French because okay. I don't speak Creole French. But I was curious the whole time. I was like, I was a like, question mark on my face when I said, like, it. "Oh, <laughs> I felt like you." I, was I, was like, like, uh, I think because yeah. I was like, I've been saying it wrong all this time. Yeah. Um. So, Carolina, you had, just, you had another thought about that? Yeah. A quick, a, a quick thing about um. No, take that. The son. And no, I'm upset with the disrespect for the alphabet in the naming of this child. We had T'Chaka, T'Challa. He should have been T'Chama. We were going in alphabetical order. And instead, they named him T'Challa Jr. That's just like, it's not okay with me. I'm sorry. They did America. They, they, they went America. Like, no, they hit him with the LeBron James and Bronny treatment. It's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, my son is LeBron James Jr. I hope they don't, he doesn't have to feel any pressure. My nigga, you named him LeBron James Jr. <laughs> you named him T'Challa. Yeah. Son of T'Challa. Yes. You know, they promised that they were not going to recast T'Challa. No, 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 they no. Did. They promised they won't recast him in this movie. They did, though. They recast him they... with his son, T'Challa. <laughs> I'm about to say, if you didn't see the post credit scene, don't nobody know. <laughs> Marvel was like, we just going to sneak this in real quick. <laughs> this is so cute. Oh, very much so. Hashtag uh, rename him to the child. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I actually agree with you on that. Oh my, that is that that's phenomenal. Um, honestly, but getting back to the overall point, I think is that with all those things happening, which Sino, I remember, you think about the little Easter egg they put. Remember how Nakia tried to call um Shuri when T'Challa was dying? There was a phone call where she tried to call. I think that was also a moment too where she was trying to tell about the son. But why was she trying to tell her about the son then? 
I think part of it is she may have been trying to check or check in all that stuff, but I think it's also trying to, within that process, I think she knew, she obviously knew what was going on with Chadwick. And ultimately she knew it was like, hey, this is coming. I need to tell her so that she doesn't like, knowing that you have other people around and you knowing that the person that you are about to lose has a legacy. So it's not like they're fully being lost. That can sometimes help in the grieving process. I'm, I'm, I, this is, that's just my head cannon thinking of what it might have been. She might have just been calling to check in, see if she could help or find out what the status of things are with T'Challa. But I think that's part of it. But I think ultimately the first funeral scene, because yes, listeners, there is a second funeral scene for the Queen Mother. We'll get to that. That first scene, first and foremost, love the fact that they tap into that culture of wearing white for a celebration of life. If you're not from those cultures, you don't understand. It wasn't a funeral. It was a celebration of life. Amen. So what ended up happening was they're celebrating the king. And that mural that you see in the trailers, I forget the exact words. And I'm, I'm going to be mad. And maybe I'll be able to post it in a post or whatever. But it, it talked about in uh, Wakandan, long live the Black Panther, um, longing King T'Challa. And you just saw there was so much celebration of appreciation of his life because if you really think about it, he lost his father, he became king, he lost being king, came back, had to fight an infinity war, and he never got to have a proper rule as king. He never got to be a daddy. He didn't even get to be, like, he had no process on it, and it's just like, when you lose him, and you see Shuri carrying that mask, that image is burned in my head, because Shuri was in the first movie a lot of comic relief. She was joking. She made all the jokes about the sneakers and about the elders and all those things. But to see what death and loss can do to a person, mm -hmm. because I think there's a point that they highlight in the second uh, death when Kareem Wanda gets killed and they're having a funeral for her and, and Baku goes up to her and asks her how she's doing. The thing that paralyzed me a little bit in the moment was she said that I just lost the last person that truly understood me. Yeah. And if you are someone who has lost anybody and someone who is close to you, that is almost the most honest thing you can say that you're feeling. Because in the end of the day, when you lose someone, especially someone you're close to, there, there's no way to explain it because like the person you could go to and talk to about, they're gone. And you just have to sit with that. Like you think about like, I can't have these moments. I can't call them up and say, hey, I need your advice on something. Or, hey, this is funny. I can't even send you funny memes on the internet. That's it. Like whatever your lasting memory is that. And for Shuri to go through that, this was her, her grieving process, which they did such a good job of not letting her halfway through the movie, oh, I've made peace with things. No, she didn't make peace with the whole issue or the whole thing until the post credit scene of the movie. Yeah. Arguably. After arguably. Even though even though I still feel like she still got a little killmonger that she might she she might need some therapy which most of the people in phase 4 need is therapy. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to talk about it today. But honestly, it's just that process is so hard to deal with. Mr. Smith, um just want to piggyback off what you're just saying. One, seeing Chadwick or T'Challa's casket go vertical and go up fucking lost that the movie theater because i was like it, it, it at that point it was like this is actually final like this is actually 
hitting me, right? But then again, like you said, when they showed uh, Queen Mother, then got Riri out the water and Riri, you know, stacked the water out so she was alive, but Queen Mother was dead. They're using the beats like shock her back to life, and it was just like the vitals aren't there again. Phenomenal acting. Give that woman her Oscar. Please. But when they showed, but when they showed that casket and actually showed her, I said, "I'll be damned." And one of the things that stuck out to me was um, uh, Shuri looked at Mbaku and said, you're not calling me a child anymore. And he said, a child doesn't lose this much. Like that stuck with me. I was like, oh, you are absolutely fucking right. Because yeah. you done lost your dad. You done lost your brother and your mom in the same movie. You, nah, you're not a child no more. But to end off, you know, what we said, the post credit scene where she actually finally went to the beach and took her mom's advice and burn the cloths. When that whole movie went silent and they literally are just rolling Chadwick scenes in all of the movies, I was like, oh, Disney, I fucking hate you right now, but I love you at the same time. Now, side note, whoever was the guy that was sitting four seats to the left of me, fuck you, sir, because it was a moment of silence. You ain't got to yell out, get out of my boy. We don't want to hear that. Let us have our like, moment. We're not here for that. Yes, we are not here. Let us have our. We, we could tell with the moment of silence. There was no audio. There was no nothing. She closed her eyes. Everything was quiet, and then you're just rolling seats. And I mean, you're hearing sniffles. You're hearing tears. But everybody was like, "We. This is the kind of thing that, like, that moment kind of symbolized what everybody in the movie theater because that was also our way of being able to mourn him to have the strength to move forward." We all we never we all really didn't really get a chance to mourn Chadwick because it was so sudden and then it was just okay he's dead and then of course this is the same year that we lost Kobe this is COVID there's so many things going on but I think this was the time that we all was just like we can actually mourn T'Challa right. we can actually mourn Jackie Robinson we can actually mourn the James Brown like all the all the the movies that he's done we can mourn the actor and everything that he did all the comedic all the timing. I loved it. I love that moment. Hey, I, you know, tears, boo-hooing. Our whole role was, was in tears, but I love the fact that we all had that moment collectively to be like, it's going to be okay. We are going to move forward with this, but it is going to be okay. So I appreciated that. I think one thing, I, I, I don't want to bury this because the first part of this movie and the strength to move forward is literally carried on the strong traps and, ba- and back of Angela Bassett, Queen Mother, because for her, one of the things I've always seen in one of my favorite movies is John Q. And he has a quote in that movie that has always stuck with me. He's talking about his son who needed a heart transplant who's going to die without it. And he said, I'm not going to bury my son. My son is going to bury me. And the implication is that they're, the loss of your child as a parent to be able to have to bury them and understand that you think you've lost them. You just lost your husband, your helpmate, your, your soulmate. Mm-hmm. And the first time they show up in the movie in uh, Civil War. And then on top of that, you not only lose your son, maybe like two or three years later. Well, first you lose him in Infinity War and then you lose him again in real, like for permanently. And for her to have to not only be strong, but be the queen of the country, rule everything, and then have to be able to support and give guidance to your daughter. Mm-hmm and try to help her and to be able to see her daughter, her daughter, that her daughter wasn't ready to grieve, uh, fully grieve yet and be able to move forward. And as a parent, you have to recognize what can I do with that? 
Like you have to be able to sit time. She's trying to give her time. Right. And but the thing is, you're also as a parent trying to hold on because this is at the time in the movie, you realize this is her last like family. This is like she even said in that throne scene we talked about with the Koye. All I have given, have I not given enough? I've given everything. I lost my whole entire family. Yes. And she doesn't have her grandchild. She doesn't see her. So if something happened to Shuri when she went to Tolo Khan, that was it. Yes. Because the whole plan was to raise Tucson without like the pressures being in the political atmosphere, at least until he comes of age. So for all that to happen, and then for you to realize that when she, even when she, the strength of a black woman, let's let's point that out, the strength of a black woman, that even while she is grieving, she is running the country and doing the damn thing and doing what she needs to do to get her only daughter back. Serving it at the UN. Serving at the, all well, that, like that's everything that she had to do. And then at the end of it, like any of her last moments, she recognized a black woman, a person she didn't know maybe a week ago. Because this she all happened saved. in the span of maybe like two or three weeks. She gave her life. Saving. She gave her life to save someone she did not know or have to save. She could have very easily swum up there on her own well, and be fine. Hold on. She saved the, the very, the very reason. Exactly. They were all fighting. The, exactly. The very reason. Because wasn't that the whole purpose he wanted to kill her? Yeah. And then after a while, it became like, I'm proving a point. But the whole point with her is that there's <laughs> certain level. Yeah. Huh? He's having to point that part out. Yes. Like, honestly, it just it just speaks to that amount of strength to be able to, with people who lose others, especially if you are like the patriarch or you're, I hate using this term, the strong one. The fact that you have to be strong to move forward and to carry the weight of all that has happened and still move forward because she lost her son, all that stuff, and she had to rule for another year. She's dealing with all the bullshit on the outside world. And then at the end, now you realize, I'm sure she had thoughts as she said even Marie that she might not make it. And she probably had the thoughts of worrying about her daughter. She, every other person, the strong person had to support others. And I think the point that I want to make with moving forward, having that strength is that people of color, African-Americans, these are things that we can speak to, that when we lose someone in our families, because a lot of us, a lot of us don't make it to our 70s. A lot of us, hell, a lot of us don't make it to our 40s. And we have so many losses that we deal with that you not only necessarily become numb, but you realize this adage of, I just gotta, I just gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta keep moving forward. I gotta take care of it because if I don't do it, someone else is not gonna be able to. And that is such a big element of queen mother, whether it's Mbaku, where he's like, I just lost, like, I think him and Chadwick or T'Challa had became like, they're like best buds. I won't say they're like best friends, but they're like, they, they were cordial. Like, T'Challa felt comfortable asking, asking um, M'Baku to look after his sister. That's not something you do with someone who you casually know. So for all that, like all the different people, you had to find that strength to move forward. And unfortunately, in that process, sometimes it comes out in anger. Like for Shuri, she was pissed. Pissed. All the time. Regardless of whether she was like cool with Riri or all the other stuff, she had this anger. And the fact that 
and love how they did the foreshadowing talking about with that first scene with Queen Mother when they're at the river, which is like, I want to burn the world. That is a real feeling where it's like you lose someone and then you're looking at the world around you like, well, why does that person get to have that loved one? Why does that person get to have their family? Why does that person get to have their father or their mother or their sister or all those things? Why am I having to do with all this stuff? Also speaks to um, when somebody else can hear what you've said. Right. How it can be played onto your emotions. Right, because... It's a whole nother episode. Hold on. No, 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 no. We, 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 I'm going to put a pause because, um, Namor, you thought we weren't going to talk about you. You, little serpent, swimming your way up with your hair slicked back, looking good in your Speedo, in speedo um, wanted to warm your way in. It was like, um, so I heard you want to burn the world. I have an idea. Gave her the googly eyes, showed her all the things. Like, this could all be yours. Hit her with the uh, Aladdin. This is a whole new world. Hey, hey, he did. Don't, don't get it twisted. He did. It would have worked on me. Hey, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's really one of those things where it's like, he pulled up, and when you are enraged and you are grieving and you need an outlet, sometimes you look for something that gives you the quickest and easiest fix, not necessarily the thing that you need to move forward with. You know? But I want to open this up to anybody else. Like, what, what what are your other thoughts about like having that strength or needing to move forward, Mr. Smith? Um, like I said, I I feel like a lot of it was like the whole movie was centered around like Sherry trying to move forward with how she views the world or how she views life, whether it was you know fighting Riri for this issue with Namor or you know trying to uh, trying to be. Uh, a mediator when she went down to the underwater world or even just like being a fighter like in the moment like not even thinking about it the whole movie was centered around like how do you move forward when you have such tragedy hits you tragedy after tragedy after tragedy whether it was T'Challa dying or her mama dying or um, Wakanda being flooded and they had to annex themselves to uh, to the Jabari tribe and and you know even even sometimes black strength can be knowing when to pick a fight. And we say that to say when uh, Mbaku said, you know, like we said, oh, I'm big and bad. I could we could kill Namor and be done with it. Then gets his then gets his chest caved and he's like, so we don't need that really have a war. <laughs> like, like, do we have to do this? Because you're going to end up, and he had the point where growth and clarity through different means gives you the ability to see a situation for what it truly is because M'Baku was like all about the action and he also recognized with how he observed how his people looked at him and how they treated him. He had the wherewithal and the clarity to be like, no, this isn't a simple matter of I'm getting my lick back. It's literally, you do this, you are choosing war for the rest of the span of the country while the remaining army of, of Wakanda is about to get knocked off, sent off the boat. Like, like, take a moment and think about it. I want to point out, though, that people, I feel like, I don't know what's going on with this world or what's, what's happening, but the, the fact that people are concerned about this lack of masculinity in this movie. Yeah, I heard about that, too. Yeah. It's very frustrating, because I'm sorry. Is, is it Baku Chop Liver? I'm gonna say he bought enough for everybody, honey. He bought like, masculinity for Jay. And, and masculinity again mm. can be represented can be represented in different manners. You don't. It is, it's not all about how macho you are, right? Um. And so, like, there was 
all these different things. Why does it matter? Like, I understand that people want to see Black Panther. But again, as a newcomer to the comics, and I don't actually read the comics, but being learning all of these things. Right. You have to respect the storyline, respect the history. If you don't know it, shut up. That's all I'm going to say. Because, you know, let the people live. Well, I mean, I think part of it is just is like, you have to understand that. I was, and, oh, I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm sorry. I was also going to say, it's not giving power to the women. It's also giving acknowledging that that's not what this movie at this current moment is about. Because people also thought there wasn't enough action. Again, right. that's not what this movie is currently about. Right. And I think that's the two, both Marvel's fault, but also to people who are just, these are popcorn movies to some people. They don't like go to think about deep level of discussions. Oh, is that I think with these people, it's just like their thought process is, oh, they want it to be like, oh, they want to see this boom, pow, this like, oh, I take my mind. I don't want to have to think about these things. But those same people who are saying there's not enough masculine energy or whatever the case may be are the same people that are talking about, oh, this movie is woke. They're just trying to lean into women empowerment or they're trying to talk yeah. about how the U.S. is bad and all, and all these different things when in all actuality, you have to recognize Comics have, I won't even call it woke. Comics have been political since their inception. Literally, I kid you not. One of the first times that one of the creators of Black Panther was told, hey, I think we should have some more white people in this uh, this comic. Guess what happened? The literal next issue, Black Panther was fighting the Ku Klux Klan. It was like, oh, you want inclusion of white people? Here you go. But that's my thing. Like People have to understand what you are asking for and what you're saying is missing from this movie is the same thing we got on people about when we talk about inclusion. My thing is, oh, we want to be included, we want to be able to see stories about us. Oh, well, not that story. Yeah. You're doing the same thing these Caucasian people have been saying that we did when the first Black Panther came out. So you are getting in that crabs and the barrel mentality or in that, well, if it doesn't look the way that I feel, I see myself this exact way, then this movie is lesser than. That's bullshit, honestly. Uh, Mr. Smith? No, I just wanted to say, I agree wholeheartedly with what you say. I do kind of wish that the Black Panther would have shown a little bit more mm -hmm. because of the fact of like the title of the movie and it's a Marvel movie. However, I get why they didn't do it. It's just, you know, again, because it's Marvel, you're expecting. I almost look at it kind of like a Michael Bay film where it's like, if you see Michael Bay film, you think explosions and a whole bunch of just chaos. If you think Quentin Tarantino, you're going to hear the N-word and a whole bunch of just crazy shit. If it's a Marvel movie, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of expecting more of a superhero. And I get the fact that the premise was there is no Black Panther because Chadwick is dead and Child is dead and there's no heart-shaped herb. So I get the reason why. I think that would have probably been the only knock because the, at, at certain points, there were a couple of slow moments in the movie where I'm like, okay, I, I get it. You know, yeah. we can speed this along a little bit, but I get it. But I can understand for certain people, like, they would need a little bit more action. Granted, like we said, that bridge scene with Okoye, fire. Um, uh, Shuri fighting not only Namor, but the rest of them, fire. The Wakandas versus uh, the, the Ku Ku Khan, fire. All right, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I think that with that whole action piece and all that other stuff, I think, oh, well, you have to think, too, like, too, you talk about those, those, um, those directors. If you think about Ryan Coogler, his first real like claim to fame was Fruitville Station with Michael B. Jordan. Sure. And for those, every 
director has their own style. And like to my point about the um about the Black Panther being political, like you have to understand that they have the reason why you saw so many council scenes is like they have to not only assess the situation from the immediate, but what are the far outreaching circumstances that are going to come from? If we give these white people vibranium, they go wild out. You talking about so I'm sorry, you made me think about the video from Kevin on stage from Kevin. On oh, stage, about the sanctions. About the sanctions. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the people being mad because it seemed to not be enough sanctions when the whole opening scene was about sanctions. And why they don't need to be giving white people this vibranium. I thought that was that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh go ahead, Kelsey. Um, I was just going to say to uh, to Mr. Smith's point, I personally, I actually appreciated the slow moments in the movie, um, mainly because I feel the other Marvel movies that have come out in this year, particularly, um, we've had Thor Love and Thunder and we've had uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, both of those movies, to me, it felt like it was like beginning to end nonstop action and they never gave any chance for the movie to just breathe and just be. And I felt like in this movie, it was, it, it was very important to have those spaces um if not just for the for the grieving aspect alone but really to just kind of like let us sit in our feelings a little bit and i i appreciated those moments throughout this movie um for that yeah so i mean i think that that's honestly a good point because when we go back to talking about that grieving process and trying to move forward if you haven't had time to actually like sit with your own thoughts because um just talking about a funeral, there is a moment between when you have the whole procession, you have the whole ceremony, and either you're at a hotel or you're at whatever space you need to go to, and you're alone with your thoughts, you have to be able to address them and be able to work through them and be able to feel your feels. Because if you continue to keep trying to run through that wall, run through that wall, run through that wall, eventually the wall is going to knock you down, you're going to end up hurting yourself, and you're going to lash out, which you saw with Shuri when she first thought that the heart-shaped herb didn't work. She lashed out and she knocked that uh, mannequin across the uh, screen. So I want to go to that point. Yeah. So a part of also moving forward, I like to think of this still also as a metaphor. Yes, grief was like the key part. Right. But also there's other things you can apply this to about trying to move forward. So like for Shuri, not only did she lose people, she also had failures. Right. And she has to deal with those failures. And that was probably one of her biggest failures she's ever had. Right. So having her having to bounce back from that failure, then also having to deal with grief, is probably one of the hardest things she's ever had to do. Correct. So like, just, you know, I thought that was a good representation as well. From the scientist in me, mm. who also has failed, I under, I saw I that. Your truth, baby. You know, truth. that is what I saw with her. And I could see how it was even a little bit more harder because like, that was her biggest failure. Right. And yeah, I yeah, mean, right. I can speak just, this didn't occur to me until you just said this, but coming from the medical oh, side, I was like, this is why you don't treat your own family, oh. right? Like a med, like a loss, I can tell you from experience of a patient, which is complete stranger most of the time, someone you don't even know is, but it feels like a personal failure because it was your responsibility mm -hmm. to keep this person alive, to help them have a chance to get healthy. And if that's your own brother slash king slash protector Super of your, yeah. Like, like he was like, he was her everything. Like yes. she even talked about like, that was like her best friend. Like, like 
she looked like they their relationship you could tell within one movie how close they were like you saw the inside jokes you saw the handshakes you saw everything so for the loop, had a relationship like that hey, hey still a relationship. Talk, about it, talk about it but it's just it's that loss and then trying to figure through it is such a big thing go ahead kelsey um, I was just going to say that I love that aspect of Shuri's character is the fact that she is the scientist. Like she is all about the things that she can prove, the things that she can build, the things that she can do. And so seeing her like wrestling with the the scientific part of her brain and trying to like justify the spirituality of her traditions and like trying to grieve through that and find her own space through that that was fantastic and an incredible aspect of her character i love seeing that that definitely spoke to me like on a very personal level i was like oh, thank you thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, and I think that that is a good point to kind of just kind of wrap that piece up i do want to make sure that we do give space to kind of talk about namor or the aspects of Total Con real quick before we get out of here. Um, I think from the beginning of his character, first and foremost, this motherfucker swung an entire helicopter. First off, I said, where the fuck you come from? My, like, you got all, you got the siren song, which was a fucking, like, genius thing to introduce the, I guess, I don't Sometimes know. We're called Total Con, so they like use the terminology of, like Total Con. Con I don't Con? know what the proper name for. The, we'll for the we'll, we'll see it in the next movie or whatever. But, but the fact that they can do that—they literally did Cyrus on killed off all those white people. Well, I mean, it, niggas had to die. But we're going to talk about the fact that literally, Charlie thought she was getting away. How I mean, can the helicopter? They—they're jetting off. All of a sudden, you see it's like, why are we going backwards? Oh, grab that shit. Oh, I thought they were getting away too. Oh, yeah, no, and then he just pulled up, and you just see Namor listening out the water. Maybe she would have been fine she just kept her ears Oh, no, there was nothing that was going If You think about Namor. Namor is, like we said at the beginning, is fuck around and find out energy. My nigga has Black Force air energy. Like, the wings should have been Black Air Force and had the Nike check on. Oh, when he got clipped after hurt. Oh, of course they had hurt. That was basically his Achilles. No, that hurt, like, that hurt. Like, I, I jumped. I was like, oh! Oh, yeah, no. But from that, I think Namor's perspective in this whole process was very interesting because you really think about it, he's been around since 1510, I think it was. Is that the year? So that sounds about right. Before the before the um the invasion. So what it was like it's Columbia sailed the ocean blue and what what was 1492 it? something like that. So yeah, 1500s is about the right time um for the colonization of Mexico in that area. So I think part of what it is for him. And the reason why he was so calm was I think we all loved how like the guy who who um, played Namor, Chef Kiss, phenomenal because his delivery of both sinister, but he's like, I'm gonna fuck you up, but I'm gonna like like he just knew who he was like, this is going to happen. It will be a shame if something were to happen if you don't go along with this. Yeah, where it's like it's like a backhanded comment. It was like, oh, thank you, but wait a minute. At the he's same the, time. Here's a pure definition of a Sour Patch Kid. Dog. I no. mean, like, in no. his... <laughs> well, so you can defend him. I'm not saying bad yet. I'm going to say, right. like... I, I, but I like it. On the Wakanda side of the argument, y'all didn't know that Talokan existed. 
on the so okay, I'm sad at Iron Man. We were chilling out here in the ocean, hiding, and then y'all decided y'all wanted to share your vibranium with the whole freaking world. And now yeah. people coming after us. And so he came up and was Valid like, point. Hey homies, I know do you know me, but like here's an introduction. Here's my people. You see, we're kind of similar. Um, yeah, like you made this problem for us. Can you help us? I'm about say, no, no, like, like the problem in it in a vacuum is. These white people trying to find vibranium that we said we introduced. Now, how we go about resolving it? I mean, Shawty didn't have to die, but also I can also say Shawty, who was taking care of Ruby Williams in that little chamber, or whatever, didn't have to die either. But Nakia, being the being the badass assassin, um, uh, uh, spy she is. I mean, the moment Queen Mother said, by any means necessary. Oh, yeah, Nakia was going to be like, hey, yeah, I, I, hey. I mean, my only I mean, goal is to get you I'm out of here. Like, would have been started. I will say, um, yeah, that's what that was my point where I was like, there's no redemption. Like, yeah, you're the was, bad guy. You the bad guy. Like, oh, no, but that's that the he, he lit, like, but he, But you knew, you could tell at different parts where he would do things where, like, you knew this side was in him. It was just a matter of, he's like, I have this side in me. It's Please a, don't make me prove this point. It's a, it, it took him literally, like, oh, you kill one. Like, someone explained, the telecons don't know how to get their, their lick back evenly. Like, hey, we killed one person. Yeah, we're going to kill your queen. Like, <laughs> like, I get it, but there's like levels. <laughs> I was like, oh, like you play, like you play fine with your brother. Like you, you hit your brother, bow, hit him in the arm. Then he comes around, swings a two by four across the forehead. See, that's the Aztec influence in there, right? Like, <laughs> like, 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 the Aztecs, because they would just, you know, they'd be like, oh, we didn't, we didn't get rain. Let's cut off like ten people's heads, and then we go get some rain. Oh, like. You we you have something that we want. They're like, oh, we're not just gonna kill you. We're gonna kill like not just your entire village, like your entire civilization. So I will say, um, not proud of it, but it's part of our culture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you got you got to acknowledge. Go ahead, Kelsey. Look, Namor had me like very early on in the movie when he told Queen Ramonda, "I have more soldiers than you have blades of grass." I get, I get why they wanted to fight, like try to go after them. But why are you fighting in the water against water people? Yeah, that was, that was stupid. You playing, you playing on day turn. I think the idea was like, you know, they took so many losses. Yeah, got the idea. yeah. but yeah, it's still it one of the things where it's just bad. like, all right, you go on this singular ship that's in the water that they can get into and fuck up. All right, again, pull that threats. Uh, I mean, like, the concept when they flipped over the ship was cool, but like, yeah, Kelsey, you had some. Uh, no. Oh, I just wanted to say, uh, the actor. I hope I'm saying his name right. Tenoch Huerta Mejia. Oh, how was that? How was that? Hey. I'm trying to get my husband's name right. Hey, I'm to get my husband's name right since that'll soon be my last name. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think him as a character, phenomenal. 
I'm glad they didn't kill him. I'm yeah. glad that you you could see his perspective. I'm glad that they he represented being a leader of a country where it was like, I have to take care of my people. First, last, and always. You yeah. just have to be either I'm going to go with you or I'm going to go through you. And that's just how it's going to be. Although I love the fact that my man has all the toxic nigga energy. Future would be proud. I need you to understand. He is the Water King version of Future. Because when he talked to Nomura at the end of uh, the Bruh. movie, and explained to us like, no, I didn't you. Uh, I was going to say, is that Shari's the Sierra in this situation? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, he, he tried to turn his tree into Sierra. Hey, that's not that's not a bad analogy. But um, basically, when he told Nomura, it's like, no, I'm not yielding because like, I think we're weak or showing weakness. He knew what well, we all know. White people going to fuck up. Always. First, last, and always. So when they do, who they're going to come to? Me. And what we're going to do? We're going to help them. And then I'm still going to get what I wanted. It's just going to be, they're oh, going to have their little, they're gonna have a little fun. They're going to think they're going to be able to save the world, do all these things. But don't worry. They're going to come back to me like a fucking toxic ex. <laughs> just the last thing I wanted to say about it is I cannot wait for this Wakanda Telecon team up because yeah. who's going to stop? Oh, it, who's going to stop them no, when oh, they Wait, wait, wait. Add in the people, oh, wait, wait. Add in the people from Shang-Chi. Get them in there too because you need yep, to get them in there too. The coalition, oh, yes. The coalition, yes. Absolutely. I want, I want one of the things. I want to visit it. Okay? Mm. I'm ready to go visit. Okay. We just, let me get, go ahead, drug me up. Take me down. Yeah, we just take you to Redstone. No, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, like, 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 I have to go to Yeah, we go to Riviera Maya. Outside of Cancun, I don't do none of that. Like white no. people, Mexico. Fair enough. 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 You next time we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Smith. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say we're talking about it. Listen, next time we go, I'm a professional. Yes, yes. Take me to the real Mexico. Oh, there. But yeah, he just talks energy because the the fact that you just knew at every turn it was like. I'm going to get my way. You just knew he felt like no matter what happened, it's going to go my way. Like there was never a thought in his mind. It was like, I'm going to lose. And then Sherry pulled out, hit that man with the heater, a space heater. Hit that man was like, I'm going to take your yeah, ankles. He wasn't, he wasn't expecting that. Dog. He <laughs> but he realized it's like, oh, you're going to turn me into a fucking fish fry? You son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try to throw that bitch in with some white, white bread and some hot sauce. Terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It is not about he. She tried to fry him. Lily, their solution to beating uh, Namor was to fry him. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was their only solution. I mean, yeah. they didn't have to do that because he already looked delicious. Ooh. Hey, tell <laughs> people like they should extra crispy. Tell people like they should extra crispy. But listen, we have been talking for quite some time i think we've we talked so much talk we could probably do a whole podcast about the movie like like each like podcast about their whole thing and diagnose it do a deep dive but oh coach side you got one more all thing? i have one last thing because we're clearly moving on free willy was in the movie guy free willy i hate you i hate you so much <laughs> i was so excited i was like, like was niggas like, don't hey. realize how terrifying like killer wells are yeah, I don't want to see one up close again. Like, them niggas is fucking terrifying. But it was Free Willy. They're called Killer Whales for a reason. Eh, fucking exactly. <laughs> so, I think the last bit we'll talk about, and we can kind of turn it into our transparent moment. Um, thoughts in regards to the movie as a whole, in regards to, like, a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, 
I, well, does anybody want to go first? Me? Okay. I'll go with you, don't want. Uh, you can go, Mr. Smith. I think the, the tributes at the beginning and at the end were beautiful. I mean, again, they really did a good job of like whoever the whoever was the sound engineer at those moments, nigga, you deserve a raise because you were able to cut. Like you felt those images. Like you didn't hear anything, but you could hear everything that was going on in each. Like you could remember what he said in each piece. Say that right. Like, you know, even when he was just like, you know, oh, delete the footage or whatever, like you could hear it in your head. And you're just like, it just brought all the emotions. So Marvel, you did an amazing job with the tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, may he rest in peace. He will be a phenomenal actor. He will forever be King T'Challa. He will forever be Black Panther, just like Barack Obama will forever be my president. And you can't tell me nothing. I'm about to say. Um, anybody else want to go? Uh, Kelsey? Um, yeah, I, I loved the movie. It was the uh, perfect tribute to Chad. Um, I I think this is going to be one of Marvel's best ones. Um, I felt it perfectly blended action with story, um, and it gave us it gave uh, it, it gave us the t- the opportunity to grieve along with the cast. Um, and yeah, I thought that was beautiful. Uh, what Ryan Coogler took on was definitely not easy. And I feel they definitely chose the hardest route to take for this, but I feel they executed, we, as, we, we they need, executed it as perfectly as they could have. I was like, we need to get a GoFundMe for Ryan Coogler's therapist after this movie. <laughs> my, man was yeah. going. my man had to be going through it. Cause and you got to keep everybody on track. Um, Coach Sanchez. I just want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Because this movie means a lot in a variety of different ways for different people. Right. And I and it's okay for a movie to mean a lot in the life of other people. Right. And in the community. Because again, we're not being extra. We are just we are we are living excitingly the representation on a big screen. Right. And as everyone else had put it wonderfully. They did a wonderful job allowing us to grieve Chadwick. And as I like, I will keep saying it over and over and over again. This is a love letter to him. Yeah. This was a, a grieving movie while an introduction movie mm-hmm. at the same time. And it gave time for us to see, huh, this is a group of people you don't want to fuck with. And at the same time, allowing for us to truly understand like what it means to grieve for him. And remember him as the great artist that he was. Yeah. Felina, did you have anything? Or? No, I think you guys really spoke to it really beautifully. I completely agree. I think that the tributes to Chadwick were so beautiful. And I definitely echo what Mr. Smith has said. There has just never been so much done with no sound. And that is that is a testament to great editing, great produce, all of it. Like it those moments you felt the sounds in your in your soul and I think and that that transcends everyone in the movie theater regardless of what your background is like just yeah it was very powerful so I agree um I think I think in regards to Chadwick uh I'm gonna take this to a spot that it's kind of hard for me because I remember there's so many different moments where I vividly remember when Chadwick passed away it's one of those things that culture scientists will tell you 
any of my close friends will tell you, he he was that next great black actor. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. it was in my mind the new trinity of young black actors. It was going to be Chadwick, it was going to be Michael B. Jordan, and it was going to be Jonathan Majors. Mm-hmm. Like I just knew in my mind they were going to usher in. Oh, and uh, Daniel um, from Kid Out. Oh, yeah. They were just going to be that next generation. They were going to be our Morris Chestnuts, our Denzel Washingtons, all these things. And to see him pass and to learn about his story about from the time roughly maybe a little bit before or right during the time of like Avengers Civil War and all that happened or Captain American Civil War, that he was dealing with that and that he suffered, that he was going through all this in silence, had a super tight circle had only people who needed to know needed to uh, actually knew everything and to see everything that he was going through and for him to pass and for the movie to the key thing that always stuck with me is that they said that he was suffering in silence which was did such a good job of mirroring how T'Challa in some of the biggest movies or some of like crescendo or like his peak of like where he was like i'm going into my prime as an actor yeah and that he's like i know that i'm dying because there are so many interviews that you see him where he's talking about like uh infinity war where that's like so what do you think is going to happen with the child and he says well I'm, I'm i'm already i'm dead and for him to be able to play that off in the grace that he had i think that like you guys said Yes, uh, shout out to his wife, Simone, be able to support him and to deal with all that. It mirrors so much of what Chadwick was going through that they paired it so well with T'Challa and to understand that you have to leave that open space there and to not try to fill it unnecessarily when sometimes you can't fill a hole that's there based on those circumstances. You have to just learn to move and operate without that space being there because granted all the actors did a phenomenal job of ensemble cast but everybody can say his presence was missed because you just knew he had a king's presence about him i'm gonna actually say it was felt okay i'm not gonna say it was missed i'm gonna say it was felt okay you could feel him through the entire movie, and I and I think and it was, you could feel his blessing on it. I can I agree with that, and I'm and I'm sure that he probably actually. You know what? Funny enough, there's a story where he explains that, or Ryan Cooley explains that when he was when Ryan Cooley was writing the script for this movie, he told Coogler he didn't want to read it. So it's so crazy to think once Chadwick passed, how he um how Ryan Cooley had to change it and what his thought process was. So I, I can I can agree with the feeling on that. It's just, it's so hard to be able to see that because every day they were on set. They don't have him to lean on. They don't have him to bounce off of. They don't have his presence to not uplift, but to enhance. I won't say he carried the first movie, I think that Wakanda and all the characters' strong performances helped build the movie to what it was. And I think that everyone took their already phenomenal level of performance and elevated even further because they knew that that's what Chadwick would expect from them. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's where I agree with 
like I understand where your sentiments coming from, but that just shows how present he yeah. was. Like he was in everyone's minds, their feelings. Like it's in the DNA of the movie. Yeah. He's not there. We only see these flashbacks of him in these key moments, but he's there throughout the whole movie. So there's no way in my mind, and I can't speak to it because I wasn't there on set filming that. But you can see it in the performance from the other actors that he was there. And I think that is the measure of a beautiful life, right? We all live, we all die. We can't take anything with us. But what lives on is our memories mm -hmm. and other people and the influence that we have, hopefully positive, in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that is so clear that Chadwick not only did that to the casting group, but through to all of us, everyone who's a fan of Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And you know, and that transcends every everything. And that that is transcendental life. Mm -hmm. Like he is here. He's in this conversation. He's in sure. the he's he is living now mm -hmm. through all of us. And I and, and I definitely get that. I mean, how many pictures have we got? I, was, <laughs> I have uh, I won't say an unhealthy amount, but I have a, quite a bit of stuff there. And I think that it just it it means so much because I remember. When I first sat in there, the first movie, and I had this childlike wonder of like, are they going to get this character right? And after the first movie, I was like, I was just, the only thing I can say was they got it right. And I can say without a shadow of doubt that this movie got it right on so many levels. And I know I say it at the end of every episode, but I'm forever grateful that this movie came out. They took the time, they gave them such tender care and understanding of what it was. And everybody understood the mission from day one to the showing to the premiere until it being, I think it's over like 300 million across like worldwide, like both domestically, internationally for um, revenue for the movie. It's doing breaking numbers like it's supposed to. Um, but ultimately I just appreciate that because it's going to carry weight way past the Marvel Universe or anything else like that. So I think that is a good way to end this conversation. Listeners, if you've been sticking with us with this conversation, it has been a lot. We've gone over different conversations from different aspects. And I think that these are some of the most proud episodes I'm gonna have, like I have of this season. I think when we look back on this, this is gonna be such a good dialogue that I don't want I don't want to do anything else to kind of ruin it. So I'm just gonna say um check us out on our social medias at the TNT Pod123 on Twitter, Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, Truth and Transparency Pod on TikTok, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook. And you can always email us your thoughts, your opinions, some of the memories or favorite moments from the movie. You can always email us at truth and transparency podcast123 at gmail.com for Carolina. For Kelsey, for Mrs. Smith, for the coach of scientists and myself, um, and all of our supporters and everything else um, in between. Um, they are forever grateful. I am forever grateful. And if this podcast gets no better, bigger than what it is right now, um, just thank you guys. Um, Wakanda forever. Peace. Peace. Wakanda forever. If you're going to say Wakanda forever, if you're going to say this concept, man, Wakanda is going to go on. Like it's going, it's been here before all of us, and it's going to be here after us. Then you have to uh, do what comes with that, and what comes with that is when you lose somebody that's important to you, that means a lot. You got to find a way to keep going. You know what I'm saying? You got to find a way to keep to keep pushing forward. You know what I'm saying? And 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 um, you know what an opportunity for us now. You know, like like we're 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 
where we, we miss our, our brother and the whole world misses him. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole world misses him and our, our hearts are broken for not only uh, the, 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 the time that we're not going to get to spend with him, um, but also the, the, the time he's not going to get to spend with other people he hadn't had a chance to meet yet because he has such a profound effect on us, you know. Um, but, but there's a flip side to that, you know, like, like there's the gratitude that, oh, my God, man, this man spent some of the last years of his life with us.